This is a Podfire production. Episode 11, here we are. A big welcome back to Brendo. How are you, mate? Good, Rob. How's your week been? Mate, my week's been great. I'm glad to be back on Queensland Corridor footy. Uh, mate, my week was fantastic. Oh, no, it was wet. How wet was it? It was very interesting. Some interesting games of football some, over the weekend. Some very interesting games of footy at VFL level, AFL level, and um, obviously some games at QAFL, uh, QAFL level played and some didn't. Which we'll get into... Uh, Shortly. Shortly. So let's start this week. We're going to do it a bit different. We normally have um, an eye catcher of the week, but um, we're going to pay a little bit of respect this week and we're going to drop the eye catcher and just pay some respect to Doc McKenzie who passed away last week. Um, Brenda, you obviously would have known Doc over the years. Yeah, so look, I've known Doc a long time, um, obviously as as an opposition president, uh, but what struck me is about Doc, and I'm sure you've got a story as well, is obviously, as in Doc McKenzie, he's, he's a doctor for everybody who knows him, but he would often render uh, medical treatment to um, opponent, opposition players. In fact, yep. all the time he would do that, and he'd work just as hard on opposition players and, and even during the week seeing them and so forth, even if they were playing Southport that week, he'd do everything in their power to get opposition players up to play because... The spirit of football was always more important than um, Southport winning. And, you know, he was always very generous with inviting um, opponents into into the chairman's lounge and things like that as well at, at, at Sharks. So, look, a, a, a true gentleman and um, sorely missed. Yeah, look, I um, first ran into Doc McKenzie in 1991 um, and I was a reserve grade boundary umpire. Now, one thing about Doc that I've always, his forefront is how, how passionate he was about Southport though. Um, you're right about he would do anything for any club, but um, when it came to the Southport players, it was a little bit more special for him. And he was the player advocate for their tribunal hearings. And I remember going in as a young boundary umpire my first season and I reported some Southport player for, I don't know. Belting someone probably. Yeah, and he would have got him good because I really tried to avoid going to the tribunal. And um, when when you're up against Doc in, the, in that um, tribunal room, it was hell. And he made you wonder if you were even at the game and if you'd actually seen it. But he was so passionate. Are you sure you, you, sure you saw that, Rob? I swear that some of the games that he was saying what happened, he wasn't even at. But uh, he, he was passionate about getting the, getting the boys off. But that was, that was Doc. And then as soon as you walk out the room, it you know, was, hey, how you going? And yeah, and he would have always done it with a smile on his face and, you know, in good spirit. Absolutely. So let's go through a few of his, um, his um, credentials, I guess, or his achievements in footy. 49 years was president of the Southport Footy Club. It's got to be some sort of record. Oh, it'd have to be. Or he's crazy, one of the two. But he played for Western Districts when he was a young fella. He was only, I think he was, what was he, 27? 27 when he took over the When he took over the presidency. So he was involved with both AFL clubs in Queensland over the time. At the Suns, he was a foundation board member. And he was the club doctor for six years at the Bears and into the Lions years. What yeah, else we and there? he was really important in the foundation of the Suns and uh, to his ultimate credit, he recognised the need for it to be a, a Suns and something representing the whole of the Gold Coast rather than, you know, Southport Sharks being elevated in a yep. Port Adelaide style. So well, he's a life member of the Suns. Yep. So that that's another achievement of his. But what else have we got there? I know you've got the list. Yeah, he, he was inducted into the Queensland Footy Hall of Fame and elevated as the ninth legend in 2011. Jack yep. Titus Service Award for... Um, 
services to football in 2012, service to sport 2018. Uh, there's probably other things that uh, we've missed there, but look, it, there's no bigger name in, in Queensland footy and Doc McKenzie, um, and he will be sadly missed. Yeah. Okay, we're into our second segment, and we have a special guest in the studio, Brendo. And this this guest, I'll get you. Would you like to introduce this guest? Because um, yeah, so we've yeah. we're we're um, really fortunate to have Cameron Ellis Yolman in our in the studio today. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me. So Cam is now a Labrador player. Yep, applying yep. your trade in the QAFL. How's it How's it all going this year for you, Cam? Yeah, it's been great. Um, I really love my. Uh, time at Labrador so far. Um, it's a great club, great culture. Um, obviously, a big difference um, from the from coming from AFL level down to um, uh, Quaffle. But um, yeah, I've, I've loved it, um, and yeah, I'm I'm really happy there. Okay, so the reasons you're playing in the QAFL are well documented through the vaccination um, protocols and all the rest of it. How are you feeling with the decision to come down and play in the QAFL? Yeah, I'm really happy. Like I, I, as I said um, in previous um, interviews, um, it was definitely my choice, and um, yeah, it took a, a, a while to make the choice. But um, I knew that I um, I didn't want to get the vaccination, and I've I told the club um, that I didn't want to get it um, for a while now, um, and I knew that it was going to come to um, I guess this this option. But um, I'm happy I've come down to to Labrador and. Uh, I've chosen a g- really great club. Um, yeah, we're, we're doing well this year, and I'm very happy. How many clubs knocked on the door? A few, a few. I'm not going to name names. That must anything. have been a nice feeling, though. That you know, there was clubs out there that were keen to get you into the system. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, a few clubs were were keen to get me over there. Um, obviously, I've I've been in the AFL for a while. Um, a fair few, a fair bit of uh, experience. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of clubs from the Quaffle, a few from um, Country Victoria, and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's it's. I ended up at Labrador, and I'm really happy happy there. Yeah, so I'd like to sort of take our listeners back back a fair bit further. Uh, so you were originally from Adelaide, and your um, parental background was you. You had a father from Papua New Guinea originally. Yeah, so my my um, dad's from um, West Papua. Um, he came over um, during the Indonesian War, and, and um, yeah, he met my mum down in Adelaide um, uh, at uni. My mum's um, uh, Aboriginal, and um, yeah, they had me and my older brother, um, and yeah, so. And you played your junior footy in Adelaide primarily. Yeah, yeah, all my all my footy um, in Adelaide. I'm originally from Salisbury, um, which is. Anyone that's been to Adelaide, it's like uh, I guess the equivalent of Logan, but yep. uh, a bit of the bit of the ghetto. But uh, yeah, yeah, just, it, they breed them tough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I tell everyone. Um, and then I, I made the move over um, to I guess the the sunny sunnier side um, in Henley Beach, which is really nice. And I went to he- to school there and um, got picked up by uh, Woodward West Torrens, and so I did all their development. Um, so uh, what age ages. were you when you went over to Woodville West Torrens? Uh, I was twelve, so they poached me out of wow. uh, year seven. Okay, uh, so you were obviously, you know, had shown some talent at a young age. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, I was playing school footy, um, and then they asked me to be part of their zone team, um, and yeah, all my, all my, a few of my friends got picked up, and um, yeah, I loved it. I was playing at halftime of 
SNFL games. Um, uh, I played a few at uh, halftime of the AFL games. Um, it was great because I secretly, I haven't told many people this, but I actually went for Port Power oh, no. growing up. Yeah. Oh, that's a, um, Hang on. That's a little... Are we still allowed to have him on the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, um, went went through all the development ages and um, yeah, come um, under 18. So I uh, got picked up by the state team and, and then that's when I was in at the draft camp and... Yeah. So, did you going into draft night? Were you expecting to pick be picked up? Had had clubs sort of said to you? Obviously, you picked up by Adelaide at the time. Had they given you indications that it was going to happen, or was it sort of a, obviously a welcome surprise on the night? Well, it was it was really a, a weird experience because I um I hadn't actually uh, expected it. Um, I'd just come so I, in two thousand and eleven. Um, uh, I actually did my knee, so I was coming out of um, a whole year off um, with my um, knee reconstruction. So I was only really trying to um, get back into footy and, and play footy with my mates. And then, uh, yeah, I showed a bit of talent and um, I was playing really well and a few scouts um, talked to my um, under-18s development um, coach and said, oh, keep playing well, you might get picked up um, in the state team. There's a few clubs looking at you. Um, and yeah, I had a few interviews with clubs and it was pretty overwhelming, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really good. And then obviously you go through the draft camp and, and you get picked up by the Crows Yeah, and here's the little Port Power fan. Well, <laughs> he's 18 now, but he's, he's a big Port Power fan. How, how was that? Yeah, that was, that was really weird. Um, I only, li- I literally had a, a interview with Adelaide Crows the day before the draft. So I kind of thought, oh, I'm probably not going to go there. Um, um, but you never know. Had um, the power interviewed you? Yeah, I, yep. I went and saw the um, Port Power. Um, and, yeah, that was obviously awesome. Obviously, growing up as a Port Power fan. Who interviewed you, do you remember? Um, who interviewed? Uh, Ken Hinckley. Yep. Um, and uh, I caught up with Paulie Vandenberg because he was still there. Yep. Um, and, yeah, that was surreal. Um, obviously, going into the actual uh, club rooms and having a, a chat. Um but yeah, then the draft came, and yeah, I kind of just was just I had a barbecue at my house, and <laughs> and I was just waiting. I, I was obviously hoping and waiting, but yeah, like you never know. To be honest, you never know with those days. So it took a little while to get your debut. Tell us very briefly about that. How did that go? Yeah, so I, I debuted um, over in Perth. Um, yeah, it took a, took a took a little while. It was uh, it was a big adjustment coming from um, obviously playing under 18s to getting drafted and. Um, getting uh, I guess thrown into the AFL system. It's um yeah it's a it's a, a pretty pretty big uh, uh, difference. Um, but yeah, once I um, finally started to play consistent footy and playing well in SNFL, I got uh, finally got the, the tap on the shoulder to come up and play um, against Frio. Um, and that was when the the, the substitute uh, the sub rule oh was still no. there. Were you the sub? I was the oh sub. No. Unfortunately, yeah, I had the. Had the green vest, um, and unfortunately, uh, it was it was a memorable, but um, yeah, obviously, a weird game because I uh, I had this the green vest on for three and a bit quarters, and then I came on in the last half, uh, or, or the probably 
uh, quarter way through the last quarter and uh, we were down by 45 points. Um, and, yeah, I got thrown in the mix. Um, I think I had five touches. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, which was pretty – which is all right. And, um, yeah, it was it was pretty surreal. Um, obviously, yeah. Uh, it was at Subiaco and um, the uh, – the Frio fans are pretty full on. <laughs> that was uh, that was what I remembered the most, which was which was weird. Those Western Australians are crazy bunch. L- oh, little intimidating. Yeah, very intimidating. I, I guess it's similar to SA, uh, SA fans like um, especially those power ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, both teams um, obviously have two two footy. They're footy states. And they have uh, two footy teams, so they're yeah full on. Yeah, so, it. so that's a question I wanted to ask you. Like obviously. After a number of years at Adelaide, you found yourself at the Brisbane Lions. Um, you know, obviously they're both in the same, they're both AFL clubs in the AFL system. But maybe contrast the difference between the two clubs, one obviously being in the fishbowl of South Australia, the other one being in, you know, which is still primarily a rugby league state um, in Brisbane. Yep. Was, was there a difference in one, the life around the club and two, life in footy in general? Oh, it's a massive difference. Um, it's funny Adelaide. Adelaide. I didn't really play that many games at Adelaide, um, but yeah, I was well known um, around Adelaide. Obviously, growing up there as well. Um, but yeah, everyone seemed to know you um, when you w- went out, had dinner, was with family and stuff like that. So everyone wanted to talk to you. But then the, obviously the cr- contrast to coming over to Brisbane is everyone cares about rugby. Uh, it's all NF- NFL over here. The Broncos, uh, Broncos this, Broncos that. Even when they were losing and uh, Brisbane Lions were uh, in, in the top four, like they've been for the last three, four years, um, I remember looking at the newspaper and the whole back was uh, the Broncos and then there was a little snippet about us making the finals, coming second. Um, and that's just, yeah, that, it's it's so funny coming from a, a footy state um, and then coming over here and kind of being, I guess, second best to the, the Broncos o- only in their eyes, not yeah. in their eyes. We love our <laughs> footy on this yeah, podcast, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Okay, with um, you came into the Brisbane Lions and you came at a they started playing well when you got there, so it was a big change. They had a few hard years before that, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah, they they they've come from uh, a really um, obviously they were had some tough years, um, but then obviously Fades came over and and um, obviously another person from Adelaide, um, David Noble came over and changed a lot of things, um, obviously for the better. Um, and yeah, they've done really well to uh, recruit um, good players and and um, build a, a strong base um, and, and culture around them to, to be pretty su- successful over the last four years. Um, I think they've been in the top three, top two for the last two, three years. And um, yeah, they, they're, they're a strong team in the finals um, and I, I do see them winning and um, going going all the way and winning um, in the next few years. So I like it. Um, great great news that. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> so who are the guys that you probably hung out with? Did you go and play golf with a few of the? You know, what what did you do when you were a professional footballer? How did how did you unwind? Um, I'm definitely not a golfer. Um, putt putt. Yes, I could beat anyone in putt putt except for my older brother. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I love putt putt. Um, but uh, yeah, the guys I used to hang out with Charlie, Charlie Cameron. I actually lived with him um, when I first moved over here, um, and I've known him for, from Adelaide. He's like my little brother, um, Mitch Robinson, who I've known for years because of because of Ez, uh, Eddie Betts. Um, when Eddie came to to Adelaide, uh, Robbo and his family would come over and, and visit and stuff like that. So I made a really good connection and um, 
uh, friendship with him, and then obviously all the indigenous boys I was really close with. Um, we had a we've always always had a a close group. Um, and yeah, a few other boys, Cam Rayner and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we were really close. You touched on the indigenous fellas at the club. Um, we're coming to Sadag Nichols round, which for Brisbane, I guess, is a little bit more significant, being that Sadag Nichols played for Fitzroy. Yeah. Um, how do the Indigenous boys? Is it something that you're really proud of that that one or two week celebration that we have each year? Yeah, it's a great week. Um, uh, it's a good uh, recognition of um, uh, Indigenous players and um, and staff and 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 people around Australia their contribution to football. Um, you watch. Um, AFL now, like there's a lot of Indigenous players that are so um, special to watch. Um, they've their highlight reels in themselves, and um, yeah, it's just getting bigger and better. And um, I guess the message and um, the respect around Australia's uh, Australian football has gotten better and better. And the guys, like all the clubs, they obviously design these jerseys, but I find it really special the way they're designed. So we've got ex-players that design them. We've got um, cultural leaders that design these jerseys. I mean, Daryl White debuted the jersey last week, and yeah. that must be pretty special for a player to know that somebody special has designed that jersey too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially someone that has has had a massive impact to the to the club. Um, he was a great player, um, and to have the opportunity to design um, the Guernsey is pretty special um, to the individual as well. So. Um, we love seeing the different designs um, on the Guernsey, um, Indigenous and in non-Indigenous um, players and and staff love love seeing it. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of, a lot of clubs get the Guernsey on the on uh, um, Sir Doug Nichols round and then uh, end up wearing them for the rest of the year because they're so special and they mean a lot. Well, the Brisbane Lions ladies wore it in the grand final a few yeah. years ago, so which I thought was really cool. Yeah, absolutely, that was awesome. Yeah, and. So I guess we see, you know, unfortunately there's still times when people let themselves down and let the community down when it comes to Indigenous and, um, you know, doing the right thing racially. Over time in your career that's been, you know, I guess since you are a boy into the AFL system and, and now at Quaffle level, have you seen a greater awareness and a genuine change in behaviour or are we still at the point where we're... We're bringing light to it, but the behaviours haven't quite changed yet. Where where do you sort of see it? Uh, it's definitely definitely gotten better. Um, obviously, growing up, uh, um, when you're a kid, obviously, a lot of uh, our players don't really even know that what they're saying. They just hear it around um, maybe it's family or friends or school or stuff like that. So you, I grew up hearing comments and having comments thrown at me. I don't know whether it's to put me off because I was pl- maybe playing better. You're probably the best uh, player on the field. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you, you heard – I heard uh, comments when I was younger, but it definitely got better when I was as I was growing older. Um, but, yeah, in the AFL, it's it's definitely gotten better. Um, obviously, I was around with uh, the stuff that hap- happened to Eddie Betts. Um, and, yeah, that was obviously tough for the club and um, tough for him and his family. Um, How well does he handle it, though? Yeah. He's oh, amazing, oh, isn't he's, he? He's a great person. Um, he's he's been amazing um, to play with, to have as a as a mentor, as a um, obviously as a as an idol, really to, to have him around the club. He's a he's an uncle um, to the indigenous boys at Adelaide, and 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 still is. Um, and yeah, he's been great for um, 
Aboriginal kids and non non Indigenous uh, kids um, around Australia in, in football. Isn't it crazy that um, you spoke about Mitch Robinson before as well? And I know at the Brisbane Lions that a lot of the young players really look up to Mitch. He's a great role model for them. But the two of those guys, when in early on in their career, were quite the um, party boys, Mitch the and scallywags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mitch and absolutely. Eddie, and have a look where they've yeah. ended up. Both of them, two of the most respected people in the game, universally yeah. across all teams. Yeah, exactly. And you, as you can see, like um, watching the transformation of of both um, players, um, obviously I've, I've got close with both um, um, both players, um, obviously f- through playing with them. Um, but I've got to see their transformation as as a father, as a role model, um, as a person. So um, yeah, it just shows. Obviously, you can um, you can transform yourself, and you can um, yeah, obviously change things that's happen that happens when you're when you are younger um everyone makes mistakes but um it's oh, i just always that. i will never forget the photo of i think eddie had a cigar and yeah um mitch was uh, hanging over the back of them and you know it blew up everyone was saying that you know what are these guys doing but really at the end of the day they're just being young blokes oh absolutely and if you ask anyone that um didn't know about that photo um didn't know about them they'd probably be shocked because if you look at them they're they're really role models for um the youth, the young young uh, um, kids coming up, growing up, um, not just in football but everywhere. Yeah, I've been to a couple of the Lions reserve games over the years and the senior players turn up to watch the reserves and all the kids are the senior players. They just swarm Mitch Robinson. Yeah. You know, oh. he's, he's just like the biggest kid of them all. Well, he is. <laughs> he's, he's a character. Um, you see his, uh, his podcast, his, um, his gaming um, all the stuff that he does online. He was on our on our podcast. Did you know? Oh, really? No, yeah. not really. Oh. I, I I bailed him up out yeah. at Wilson Grange. Said, "Hey, Robbo, just give up, give my podcast a plug." Yeah. And we did a little thing, and I pretended like he'd listened to it. Because <laughs> yeah. um, oh, we'll he's, get him he's on here. Hopefully, I can uh, after I can give a plug and maybe get him on here. It'd be pretty cool. Oh, look, I'm going to I'm going to hit him up on Instagram and tell him that you um <laughs> you dogged him in. You yeah. dogged him in. <laughs> just, just um so. Look, we are running out of time. It's been great talking to you. Just yeah. a, a, a couple of minutes on uh, Labrador and what your prospects have been so far this year, and and how you how you see it playing out. Yeah, we're obviously a really young young team. It's funny, um, you come into um, a club and you're automatically one of the oldest oldest players. You're, you're running around with eighteen. Um, Eighteen-year-olds and stuff like that, but um, yeah, we're doing really well. Um, I only got there obviously really late, um, and we've we've done well. I think we're um, not too sure about our record, but we've we've had two losses um, to two of the uh, obviously the top teams, Broadbeach and and Aspley. Um, we definitely got some um, uh, stuff that we need to work on, um, but yeah, we're 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 gelling together and. Um, for a team that's obviously got so many new new guys uh, from interstate, um, uh, obviously me from Brisbane, uh, Lockie Henderson from uh, um, Geelong, um, Andrew Boston from um, Southport. So we got some good strong players um, to form a good base, and then uh, yeah, with the direction that um, we want to go, the young guys are, are buying in, and and we got a really good culture. So I feel like we're just going to get stronger and stronger the more we play together. And how have you found the standard of the quaffle? Yeah, it's oh, it's it's definitely better than what I what I expected. Um, I actually I didn't really know too much. I heard whispers around the place um, when I was thinking about um, uh, obviously going to the Quaffle. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's been great. Um, and I think with what happened over the last two years, with um, the AFL teams coming over here and 
and seeing how not how good it is up here and how good the lifestyle is a few uh, Victorians and and people from interstate have realised oh maybe we'll go over there and play football because you get the best of both worlds it's a it's a decent competition um, it's it's really competitive and you're living on the sunshine state so you can't really compa- complain yeah and there's no doubt that um, <laughs> having people like yourself coming into the competition you know all goes well for for the growth of the competition and well it attracts more people to come it, in but it also more. helps young blokes reach their potential as well which is fantastic cam thank you so much for the time we really do appreciate it you've got a big game this week against maruchidor last year's grand finalist so um i'm sure you're going to suggest that uh, labrador will be able to get over the line this weekend yeah definitely um after obviously we got rained out last week uh, i think the boys are firing to get on the track and um and yeah we're really keen for this weekend so yeah excellent thanks for your time cam but you're happy to hang around and um you know, pass a few comments on, on some of the things that come up in the rest of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to hang around. Excellent. Thank you very much. What a champion. Okay, so let's have a look at the AFL this week, Brendo. Um, we we forecast this upset last week a little bit, didn't we? We did. Yeah. After you bagged them out the week before and told them they needed wholesale changes, the coach made one or two changes and they rolled the swans. The Suns, 10-9-69, defeating Fremantle, 4 9 Big troll, four goals, Miller 34 disposals, Anderson doesn't stop getting it at the moment and he looked like he did a bit of a hammy at one stage. They strapped him up and he went out and just kept getting the ball. So Yeah, so I went out to this game. How wet did you get? Oh, a little bit. I, stay, I stayed home. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Courageously stayed home, that's all yeah. right. Look, it, it was interesting because it was almost the opposite of a couple of the games earlier in the year where the Suns had put in a good effort one contested ball and um, inside 50s and so forth, unable to put it on a scoreboard. This time around, the Suns actually got well beaten in the inside 50 count. Yep. I think it was 65 to 36 for memory. Yep. Lying, score, uh, lying stats. And that was a lying stat. But in the end, um, the Suns actually had a very commanding victory because the pressure that they put on Fremantle throughout the whole game even though Fremantle actually won the inside 50s, it, it was never clean. And, you know, obviously the, the conditions had a bit to do with that, but it was always someone hanging off them. Yeah. It was always under pressure. It was always, um, you know, out to the boundary line and shallow entries and that sort of thing. So it was no real surprise that um, Fremantle were unable to score heavily from, from their inside 50s and the Suns were. So Has the um, switch been flicked for Isaac Rankin? Well, I think so. His his pressure, Cam. Did you see the game on the weekend at all? I actually missed it, but I did hear the score. I was I was had live updates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you would have watched Isaac play previously. Yeah, yeah, I've so known him for, for a while. Eleven yeah. score involvements he had on the weekend, which out of nineteen scores only means you know one in every two scores he had a part in. Amazing effort, and it, he's really lifted that game in the last month or so. Oh, that's unbelievable, especially for a small four. That's what you love to see, um, the pressure and. And getting involved, it's just awesome. He's he's definitely a barometer for that team. I know that um, the Lions had a barometer that um, may have told everyone that he was a barometer last year, but um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think Isaac Rankin is a is a dead set barometer for the for the Suns when his pressure is up like it was on the weekend. They're going well, um, mate. I'm gamble responsibly, of course, but um, the Suns they've beaten the Swans, they've beaten Carlton, they've beaten Freo. They ran Melbourne to within two goals. They sit four and five at the moment. And they only play one team in the top six for the rest of the season. Five dollars to make the finals. Rob Rob might put Rob's a big gambler. He might put four or five dollars on that, and buy himself a Big Mac at the end of the season, 
But um, can we get ahead of can we get ahead of ourselves, the Suns fans? The Suns, look, they've got to start winning the games that they're meant to win. Is that would that be a fair call, Cam? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It's the, I guess it's the back end of the season where they do tend to struggle, but. Um, they're all a few years older now, so maybe exactly a bit of bit of experience, um, maturity. Um, I'd love to see them make the finals. It'd, love, oh. it'd be awesome for Queensland to have two two teams in the finals. No one would have ever believed it, would they? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a diehard Lions fan. Um, yep. everyone knows that. But um, I want to see the Suns do well because if footy's going well in Queensland, then you know the game's growing. Exactly. What about the other game, Brendo? What happened so there? So the Lions, 16-6-102, defeated Adelaide, 9-12-66. They were playing for the Cam Ellis-Yolman Cup, I believe, um, <laughs> on the weekend. Um, Cam, did you see any of this one? I missed this game as well. Cam, yeah. Cam what were you doing on the weekend? Um, well, I was enjoying my week off. Good, good answer. Good <laughs> and, answer. And, uh, yeah, staying out of the rain, I guess. Well, um, the Lions, they had a bit of a scare. They did... Look, I'm a Lions fan and I was scared, so I'm going to say they had a bit of a scare. Well, that second quarter, Adelaide Crows showed the pressure again, like we were talking about with the Suns. The pressure they put on in that second quarter, they led at half-time and it was really fortunate that the Lions got one from a free kick late and a second goal late in that second, in that second quarter to you know, only go in three points down, but then the third quarter was just an absolute display of footy by the Lions. They played really well. Yes, uh, and Cam's good mate, Charlie Cameron, <laughs> got amongst them. Um, Cam doesn't know. Cause he wasn't I missed it, but I, I got a few Snapchats from Charlie <laughs> uh, after the game. So Does he I, like to talk himself up when oh, he kicks a few? Well, I know when he's playing well when he's sending me Snapchats. So um, <laughs> he obviously had a good game and then obviously had a, had a look. And so if he has a quiet one... The Snapchat's a bit quiet as well. Is that is that how it works? It's not as entertaining. It <laughs> uh, definitely still still sends one, but uh, yeah, I definitely got some entertaining. Here's, here's a question, a Brisbane Lions question for you. Yeah, those bloody songs they play after the after the goals. Now, I was actually <laughs> hoping last year that Charlie didn't kick goals because we had Baby Shark at some stage. What was your song? Uh, mine was um, Better by Khalid. Um, nice. But, much uh, nicer than Baby Shark. Oh, much better than Baby Shark. But, but not as good as John Denver, eh? Oh, not as good. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're play-driven. They're, the players pick it. So I might be uh, the players get to telling, pick that song. telling a little rumour there. But, yeah, if you if you hear a bad song that you don't like and he kicks a goal, uh, that's, their, that's their choice. That's so. their choice. Yeah, well, I'd heard... <laughs> I'd nice heard scoop that, for um, Queensland Corridor football. Well, here. I'd heard that Charlie had said that last year that he, he'd chosen Baby Shark. And I thought, yeah. well, my God, Charlie, what are you doing? But um, that is a big scoop. So he's he's picked John Denver, and I don't, you've been to the Gabba games when he's kicking goals and they're singing John Denver now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it, like, is, it is. It is. It's fantastic. Um, so this week, the Lions play. Oh, the Lions go. To, what's going on? We got no footy in Queensland, Bruno. Yeah. What am I going to do? Come to Watch Labrador. I, will, I am actually coming to Labrador, Labrador on Saturday. Yes. Um, because it's my closest ground, and I went there and had something at the canteen a few weeks ago. Mint. Oh, Absolutely lovely, lovely. Best mi- best canteen ever. Um, but yeah, like the Suns, I didn't realise the Suns have only got nine home games this year. Yeah, they're, they're going up to, um, up to Darwin, Darwin for as two well. games, yeah. Two games. So the Suns are in Ballarat this week. They play the Bulldogs, and the Lions will travel to um, Tasmania to take on the Hawks. So that will be another great game. All right, Brenda, we don't have much in this one. Some VFL action. Now, we had SJ in here last week. How good did that go? 
Yeah, SJ was great. I had I had people walking in off the street here where I work saying that they'd listened to SJ. They were coached by him at Labrador when when he was there many years oh. ago. So um, he gave us a tip, didn't he? He said he'd, they'd be hard to beat this week. They'd and come out firing. The funny thing was <laughs> they didn't kick a goal in the first quarter, but they um <laughs> they they walked yeah. all over him in the rest of the game. But they were playing good footy in that first quarter. They yeah. just weren't so hitting the scoreboard. I was at this game. Um, it got moved to Metricon number two. Obviously you really were wet on Sunday, weren't you? Uh, no, it wasn't raining. It was dry. Oh, um, okay. Look, there was a bit of added emotion in the game. Of course, yeah. With, with, with Doc. Um, but so the, the Sharks came out firing, no doubt about that. The, the couple of goals that um, GWS got were those length of the field goals that sort of were against the run of play. The, yep. the, the, the ball was camped in um, Southport's forward 50 for most that first quarter. And it just kept on missing you know, three or four um, set shots from goal, thirty meters out, and and unfortunately, just couldn't couldn't get it done. So, um, so they probably would have been a little disappointed with that, not being able to put the scoreboard pressure on. And then GWS at times sort of gained some ascendancy during the during the course of the game, but then you know over time, I guess it was pretty even at three quarter time. Yeah, it was interesting at three quarter time. Went out to the huddle, and I was wondering if if um, SJ was going to use Doc as, as an emotional, um, you know, motivator, if you yep. like. Look, he's, he's steered clear on that and basically focused on what needed to be done to win the game of football. But no doubt the supporters uh, were sort I'm of... pretty happy with it. Yeah, and, and they were talking a lot about it, you know, do it for Doc boys and, and that sort of thing. You could feel the emotion in the huddle and yep. then they came out firing in that last quarter and, you know, it was really great to see. Um, and in the end, it was, it was a pretty handy victory. Now, Cam... You've played some in the VFL over the last couple of seasons. Yep. Um, and by the way, you know, you talked about um, contacting Mitch Robinson for us. We actually want the other Mitch, Mitch Hahn. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You got his number in your phone? I you do have his you number. You give him a text maybe and <laughs> send him our number yeah, and yeah. tell him we'd love to get a, uh, from a Brisbane Lions perspective because we've had the Suns coaching staff come in here and their academy managers and things yeah. like that, but we'd love to talk to him on the phone um, for the Brisbane Lions side yeah, of it definitely. all. But... What's the VFL standard like? Like we talk about the big gap between AFL and QAFL, but what about um, the VFL standard? Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's awesome. Obviously, the VFL's um, taken over the Queensland, and, and uh, um, obviously Southport is uh, such a strong team. They, uh, I think, for the last um, oh, I guess couple of years, they've had it over Brisbane Lions. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, obviously the the Lions are um, improving and um, and getting. Uh, Shortening the margin between between the two, but uh, yeah, Southport is so strong. They um, they are, aren't they? They are a great team. Um, For a standalone team, I mean, it oh, is phenomenal effort, absolutely. isn't it? We love. Uh, we got a few uh, uh, players from there affiliated with um, with Labrador, so we do love when they have a buy or something. Like <laughs> yep. that. They get to come down, and our it, it um, boosts boosts our team and makes us yep. stronger. But um, yeah, they're great to watch. I played against them. Well drilled, well coached. Um, um, obviously played against Andrew Boston, a teammate yep. of me now, um, and he was a ca- one of their. Well, he was their captain for four or five years. So, um, yeah, they're a great team. They've, they've been a breeding ground for talent in Queensland for years. Oh, I mean, absolutely, it's, yeah. It's the way it's been, and um, to see them sitting fifth on the ladder, five wins from seven games, and um, I know SJ said himself that there was. It was a big effort for him, so yeah. yeah so look, on, so obviously on the weekend, GWS they are an undefeated side, so it's great to get the Not win. Not anymore. Best players, uh, look, I, what really stood out for me was uh, Dawson's. Not his thirty-six possessions, but his running 
He's just up and down that field. He he's got elite running. You yeah. know, he's got AFL standard running. So look, he's still only fairly young. So AFL recruiters have a look at this guy. He'll be leading the. Uh, the Dude, uh, how many AFL recruiters do you reckon listen to us? Probably heaps, eh? Quite a few. Yeah, I know yeah, Paul Connors sure. was at the game, probably <laughs> looking at him. Um, Ex-Melbourne player Lockhart was very yep. good. And Max Max Peskid. We picked him at the start of the season. Yeah, 19 years old, and he was probably close to best on ground because he, he kicked goals when they were needed. Um, yeah, had possessions, kicked goals. Uh, yeah, he was, he was very good. So, overall, and Fraser Thurlow, again, just does a mountain of work in the ruck. So, he, um, very good win. Next week, they're down at Port Melbourne, down at North Port, and yep. um, that'll be a big challenge for them. So they're on there, and the Suns play Footscray, and the Lions are at home to Williamstown in the only game in Queensland in that level. All right, let's get into QAFL. Brendo. Are we on? Let, let's do it again. Get the phone out, um, and let's ring a number, and let's just see. We'll, we're gonna. I won't. Hopefully, um, we get an answer. Someone pick up the phone, eh? Oh, you've called Phil from Marnie's Transport. I'm currently unavailable or on the phone, so just leave your name and your name. <laughs> Uh-oh. That went to Message Bank. And now everyone knows who we, we're going to call. Let's give him a go again. We'll, we'll give him a go. We'll talk about a few games, and then we'll give him a go because he's obviously in a meeting or something. Okay, no problem. All right. Um, really quick, because um, we are running out of time, because we've had a fantastic guest in with us, Surface Paradise and Noosa. Thriller. Seven seven forty nine Noosa eight four fifty two Noosa, um, playing great footy. You guys haven't come up against Noosa yet, have you, Kev? No, not yet. But yeah. we do look forward to it. They're uh, one yeah, of the teams to beat. They've improved out of so didn't oh. win a game for two years. I know, unbelievable. It's crazy. So interesting in the wet that um, you know a tall Matthew Green had thirty nine disposals for for surface. Um, look, it, it went right down to the wire this this game. Um, a couple of opportunities. Um, the the quarter the final quarter went for thirty four minutes apparently Whoa. and Surface had a couple of opportunities right at the end oh. of the game to to win, oh. unfortunately for them couldn't quite get over the line despite you know leading the inside fifty count forty three to twenty nine, and you know having a lot of the run of play for a lot of time so for um for Noosa their best players Tom Templeton and um, Seb Rogers having a good season as well had twenty four disposals. Um, let's look at the Wilson Grange game. Have you got the score on that one there, Brendan? Yeah, so Wilson Grange, an inaccurate but an understandably inaccurate 618-54, <laughs> defeated Sherwood, an improving Sherwood, 4-6-30. Good to see the Fletcher boys both playing and both up there in the possessions as well. Yeah, and I noticed that uh, Will Fletcher was named as best for um, yeah. for Sherwood. Um, he had, uh, what do you have, 15... 15, 15 contested possessions, wasn't it? Contested like possessions, yep. And our, our man, Matt Payne, a lazy 48 disposals. Now, there's a rumour going around that we may have Matt Payne's phone number for next week. Is this true? Yeah, let's... We'll, 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 work, we'll work on that one during It's meant week. to be our secret, right? Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, no one's listening, it's okay. Um, 48 disposals. How does someone have 48 disposals, Cam? He's an absolute gun. I've just heard stories and stories about him. and I know Dane Zorko rates him... Yeah, massively oh, high. And Andrew Boston weight rates him so highly as well. He just is. I'm pretty sure he's won nearly everything he can in uh, yeah quaffle level. But uh, he still does it and does it and does it week in week out. Forty eight positions. Yeah, and so in the wet. Uh, Zach Dirksen must have had a pretty good game because he was named as best for Wilson Grange and Huey Fiddler. 
a young fellow coming off uh, Best and Ferris for Grange last year was named second best, so well done to him. Okay, we'll go to one more game before we try that phone call again. Uh, Broadbeach, look, we won't spend too much time on this one. Unfortunately, Mount Gravatt really undermanned. One goal, 6-12, lost to Broadbeach, 19-13, yeah, Mount Gravatt had Wiley Buzzer and um, Gavin Gross return this week, uh, and they were, they were actually leading at quarter time. Yep. Uh, and were very, very competitive. But then, you know, over time, Broadbeach, um, you know, started dominating the game. Michael Selsby dropped from Southport the previous week, mm-hmm. uh, responded really well with 38 possessions. Max Lowell with 28, who's, who's always up there, and um, a, a previous best and fairest winner at Broadbeach. And Brandon Chadwick um, also is probably best on ground as well um, with, with 27, uh, continuing his great form. Okay, um, we're going to try it again. Everyone knows who we rang now because he said his name on the um, on the answering machine. But let's give Phil another chance. Yeah, let's it. give it a go. See how we go a second time, Brenda. Hey, Brenda, Rob, Phil Carthy, how are you guys? Very good, Phil. How are you? Thanks for yeah, thanks yeah. for ta- Have you got Brenda's number in your phone? Have you? Surprisingly, I've got it saved in there. So I uh, saw, saw the number pop up, thought I'd better answer it. Oh, fan- fantastic. And thanks for your time. It's um, welcome to Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. And thanks for taking no the call, Phil. Really appreciate it. No worries at all, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Just a quick call because on the weekend, uh, we had a big game for Redland, uh, Redlands Victoria Point, who had a, a nice victory again, um, defeating Palm Beach by 12 points. So a good victory for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was a, a great win by the boys. A really gritty victory. And um, in look conditions, I'd have to say I, I haven't been a part of since I left Country Victoria. It was um, yeah, it was unbelievably wet and muddy. Um, but you know, I think those games, you know, can be really good for a footy club sometimes, and 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 a character building. And and yeah, we were really you know pleased we came away with the uh, with the four points. Yeah. So I looked at a little bit of the vision, um, what vision they had. With all the yeah. with all the water and the mud and everything <laughs> going on there, yeah. so I guess it becomes a bit of a slog. So who slogged hardest for you? Look, we've uh, we've had some guys, um, I guess, through the midfield that have been um, been really strong right through the season. They probably continued that that this weekend. Um, our ruckman Tommy Michael was was really strong in there. Brocky Aston and, and Caleb Frank um, both were huge around the contest. Um, and then our, our big fullback, Adrian Williams, probably had his um, probably had his best game for the year as well. Just intercepted really well at half back. I think he had six or seven intercept marks, and um, yeah, we we're really pleased with the way the big fellow went. So, is it a case of you know all those game plans that we had, we practice all through the summer, throw that out the window, boys, and just kick it forward? Is that kind of how it went? Absolutely, absolutely. You know. It's one of those games you just you just can't plan for in those sorts of conditions. You know, if it's a little bit slippery, you can still sort of keep to the way um, you know you, you generally go about it. But when it's um, as heavy as that, you can't keep the footy more than twenty or thirty metres. It's a, a bar of soap, so it's really just about surge footy, trying to get it forward, trying to force it forward, and um, you know keeping that that pressure around the source. And look, I thought our boys did that really well. I think we're about plus. Plus 40 in tackles, the, uh, the stats told us, and, and probably had the footy down now in a fair bit of the game. So, 
look, it was it was really close. We probably felt we were going to break it open at some point through the game, and and we did. Um, so yeah, really pleased for the for the guys that they were able to to get the win. And just finally, Phil, um, the trip down. Did you get stuck in the um, the big accident on the highway? Uh, I'd actually, thankfully, just got the other side of it. I I usually get down reasonably early to watch uh, watch the end of our Colts boys and, and watch the, the development group. Um, but yeah, a few of the lads got stuck in. I think it was a um, a cooking oil truck had uh, it, it was. I was and, and caught on fire. So, well, yeah. I was coming down as a canteen connoisseur. I thought maybe bring down some hash browns and um, cook them up myself on the highway. <laughs> but uh, my wife told me I had to stay home because of the bad weather and the accident. So we got oh, one last question from Brendo. His will be serious. Yeah. So you're. Five and one now. Who have you got this week, Phil? And what 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 is it looking like for this week? So we got Ashley coming up. Um, so obviously going to be a, a really good contest. It's at uh, it's at home. It's for the third Doug Nichols uh, round. So going to be a really big clash out uh, out there at Totally Workwear Park. And um, you know, old acquaintances of ours, Ashley, are uh, through the Nefel days. So looking forward to um, yeah re- revisiting that rivalry and uh, looking forward to. Yeah, the boys putting in a really good showing. So I'll give the plug for the game because I've been out to uh, to Redland this year. It is an absolutely fantastic place to watch some footy, have a um, have a dim sim at the canteen and watch a really good game of footy this week. Phil, all the best. Thank you for taking the call and uh, good luck for the weekend. Good on you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank Cheers. you. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. Second time lucky. Phil's a great bloke. Yeah, I like Phil. I like, like Phil, Phil too. And he, he always... You know, the players love him. Yep. You can just tell that. And, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. Right? Mate, they had a hiccup against Broadbeach, but they've um, they've fought back well over the last few weeks. Hamelman, just one goal this week, but uh, fair to say that's understandable in the rain. Yeah, no doubt. And Brock Aston, as as Phil said, um, led all comers and, and is going really well. Are we going to do our tips? Might as well. Yes, let's we're, do we're still th- You still lead by three. Let's do our tips quickly. Do our tips quickly. Um... The first games are all at Saturday at 2pm, so if you can get to any of these games, by all means do it. Palm Beach versus Broadbeach. Broadbeach. What about you, Cam? Yeah, Broadbeach. Yeah. They're too strong. I'm going with Broadbeach as well. Redland, Victoria Point versus Aspley. Okay, I think, sorry Cam, but I actually think this is match of the round. Oh, Redland. Oh, tough, oh. eh? Hey? Oh, wow. I know. Sun supporter, <laughs> mate. Sun supporter. Well, give us a tip. Oh, you're oh, still oh, thinking. Oh, he's he's, he's oh, changed I'm, his mind. <laughs> I'm going to tip Redland. I'm, go, I'm going with Aspley. What about you, Cam? What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go Aspley. Excellent. I had to tip Redland, and you're about to find out why. Labrador are playing Marichidor. I think is Cam is going to vote for Labrador here. Cam's a big fella. I'd be, I'd be tipping, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be yeah, tipping Labrador if I was you. Well, Cam, I, again, I'd like to say that I'm brains behind this because I tip, if we've got a guest, I just tip their team. I don't care who they are because I just feel that that's the right thing to do. And how's that been? Uh, it's not been great. <laughs> um, but this week, yeah. right, I'm it's coming down to Labrador, turn. and if okay. I'll be standing next to the canteen, yep. Labrador lose, I'm just I'm going to give you that wink of disagree, uh, disapproval. All right, all right. Okay. And uh, what happens if they win? Are you going to... High five and a beer. High five and a beer? Yep. Okay, you've heard uh, it here yeah, first. Love it, love okay. it, love it. <laughs> great Northern, please. Great Northern, done. Drink responsibly. Um, surface against... I've missed one, but we'll come back. Surface against Wilson Grange. I can't go past Grange. They're Correct. playing some I really agree. good footy. Grange. Yeah, yeah I, I got a, my, my boy Matty Eagles. He's uh, he's over there and uh, he's a yeah. good fella, isn't he? He's a great. He's a great. And he's fella. leading he's that team 
Superbly. Oh, he's been unreal. Great pickup, um, and he's a character in himself as well. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Wilson Grange as well. Excellent. Mount Gravatt against Noosa. I don't think anyone's Noosa going to for tip. mine. Yep. Noosa. Yep. And yep, then so. Sunday, if you're up in Brisbane on Sunday, Sherwood are playing Morningside at two o'clock. Look, a chance for <laughs> one of these sides. This could be match of the round, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. This Look, could, I'm going to tip close. with the home side, Sherwood. I'm going with Sherwood as well. All right, I'm going to just be the upset and uh, go morning side. Excellent. Brendo, one different. So it'll either be two or four different next week. So um, good luck with that. And our last segment. No canteen connoisseur. I know, I can hear the groans around the state. There was a washout, a so washout. You're off to Labrador this week. I'm going to go to Labrador again this week because I want to do a better canteen review on Labrador. I, I just feel that they, I undersold them. I gave them 38 out of 40 and undersold them, so I'm going back. Um, I'm also I'm thinking about doing a couple of uh, election sausages as well on the way. <laughs> so I'm trying to work out how I can zoom all the way through, vote a few times, vote vote often, vote early, and um, have a couple of sausages. So what are you looking forward to this week? I'm looking forward to seeing if the Suns can actually win three in a row for a very rare time. I just gave away what I was looking forward to. Remember how before the thing you said, what are you doing? I said, no, it's a secret. I'm looking forward to election sausages. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Saturday election sausages. (laughs) It's the the time. It's the only time that I ever have a sausage on a roll. Cam, what about you? Looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to playing again. Um, Obviously, rained out last week. Um, Good to be getting getting on the track and... um, um, yeah, getting out there. But, uh, yeah, I'd lo- I agree. I'd love to see uh, the Suns win three in a row. That'd be awesome. And we'll all be looking forward to having a look at the Indigenous jerseys that come out this week as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, love to see the spectacle that happens um, in during in Indigenous round and seeing the, the beautiful colours on the Guernseys. So the Lions will be hosting their Indigenous game next Saturday against GWS. So um, that, will be, that will be great for everyone as well. But um, the QAFL teams this week wearing the Indigenous jerseys as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yep, excellent. So get out to a game if you can this week. Thank you to Cam Ellis-Yolman. He has been an absolute delight to have in the in the studio here at Podfire. Brendo, you got anything to say? Oh, look, thanks to um, both Cam and also Phil this week. Oh, it's Phil, been, of course. It's been fantastic. We've actually had Phil on the, on the dial a couple of times and we've missed him for different reasons. So a big thank you to Phil in Redland Bay as well. We'll all see you next week and enjoy your footy. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.